time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. All right, welcome to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie delivering to you this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And yet again, I am filling in for WB as our fearless leader is still recovering from laryngitis. So his doctor has continued to tell him not to speak for who knows how long it's going to be. All I know is that Barb has texted me telling me how enjoyable it has been around the house the last few days because WB has not been able to talk or have conversations uh, with her. So it, it seems that it's a little quiet in the uh, Barber household over the last uh, few weeks. But of course, we kid, we kid, and hopefully WB will feel better. It is kind of weird. I've been texting him back and forth, just seeing how he's doing and kind of catching up on him and, and letting him know what's been going on with the show. And He's been kind of keeping me up updated on what's going on with his condition, but it's been uh, crazy for him because he, I think this is almost going into the second week that he hasn't been able to speak due to doctor's uh, orders. So hopefully he'll be recovering and hopefully he'll be back on the program next week. So uh, WB, if you're listening to the program or the podcast, recover, get better, and we can't wait for you to rejoin us here on Southern Race Week Radio to deliver all the great insight and tell us all the great stories. And I'm sure he'll be even more excited to be able to talk again to you our loyal listening audience. But in the meantime, in between time, I am here, and I'll be bringing to you this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. We've got another jam-packed episode of the program. I'll tell you about who's going to be on the program here in just moments, but I do want to mention about the podcast. I just mentioned it moments ago that we do have a podcast of this program. It'll be up and available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And if you go to any of these respected podcasting sites, Go to the search, type in Southern Race Week. The show will pop up right there. And we would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast, leave comments, rate the show. We really appreciate it. So if you do have some time, head on over to iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Search for the program, subscribe to it, and listen to it. You can hear any of our past episodes of Southern Race Week Radio and all the great guests. I mean, we have the biggest names in NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, and the up-and-coming drivers in the grassroots program all over the United States of America. So we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. And uh, don't forget about our social media platforms as well. We have Twitter, we have Facebook. So you can go there and like our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. You can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. You can follow our fearless leader, WB, at WB Radio Network. And yours truly is always available at Alfie underscore 19. So head on over there, check us out, follow us, like us, and don't forget that we always update you 24 hours a day with the latest racing news and information that you need, courtesy of us here at Southern Race Week Radio. So just sit back, relax, get set to enjoy the great uh, program we have lined up for you today. In fact, another star-studded lineup of guests will be joining us this week here in just moments. We'll be speaking with the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Winston Kelly, as the nominations have been announced for the NASCAR Hall of Fame class of 2023. So we'll break down how you, the fans, can have your say of who is elected into the NASCAR Hall of Fame class of 2023. So Winston Kelly will be joining us here in just a matter of moments. Also, we'll be speaking with NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Raja Karuth. That's right, of Alpha Prime Racing. He made a debut this past weekend at Richmond Raceway uh, this past weekend. So we'll talk with Raja Karuth about the overall excitement of his debut. And then also we'll be talking with Drew Bedard. He is the vice president of marketing 
over at Bristol Motor Speedway as we'll get a preview of all the excitement and everything that's going to be going on for the dirt race at Bristol. That'll be coming up next Sunday night. So dirt racing under the lights at Bristol Motor Speedway. So it should be a very, very exciting weekend of action there at the last great Coliseum, as they like to call it. So uh, we'll be speaking with Drew Bedard here a little bit later on to get all the action and excitement of the upcoming uh, Bristol dirt race under the lights at Bristol Motor Speedway. So just sit back and relax. All that coming up for you this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hey, listeners, this is Jamie Little from NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And I'm very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here. He's a great friend of the show, always uh, so accommodating to come on and and let us know what's going on with the latest news of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So uh, we welcome to the program exclusively here on the Food Depot Hotline, the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Winston Kelly. Mr. Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on a Southern Race Week Radio, great friend of the show. We always appreciate and enjoy the time we get to spend together. So thank you so much for taking the time, sir. Uh, always a pleasure to be on, and uh, my mom certainly would have appreciated that introduction, uh, certainly more than I deserve. Oh, no, sir. When We like to say when we have a big deal guest on, we always love to give them a big deal introduction. And you're definitely one of those uh, gentlemen for a lot of years. We heard you on the radio, on the Motor Racing Network, but now you've taken aside from that and, and dedicated your time to – everything that goes on in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And recently, you guys announced the nominations for the NASCAR Hall of Fame Class of 2023, along with the Landmark Award. And there are some names that are on the ballot for another time. And and there are some new names to the ballot this year. And one of the things I've really loved about what you've done over the last few years is you have now two different ballots. You have a modern era ballot and a pioneer ballot. So for our listeners who's not understanding how the process works, tell me about the decision to split up the nominations between the modern era and then also you have the pioneer era ballots. Well, one of the things we always wanted to do in in conjunction with NASCAR is to ensure as we evolve that we're honoring the pioneers of the sport. And we knew after about 10 years or so, that it was time to isolate or or have a special ballot, if you will, for those who contributed in the earliest years of NASCAR. And if you look at our first 11 classes, there is a strong representation, including the the Red Byrons of the world and folks like that that were a part of the actual formation or the Lee Petties or the Junior Johnsons or people that participated back in the 50s and the, the early 60s. And that's what we wanted to make sure we didn't lose that as more modern folks, if you will, became eligible for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So that evolution started beginning uh, just a couple of years ago with the class of 2021. And so you've got the modern era ballot that there are 10 nominees and anybody that participated in NASCAR from the last 60 years or 1963 forward is eligible for that, participated for 10 years. Then the pioneer ballot focuses on people who participated prior to 1963 or 60 years past. So we announced 10 nominees for the modern era ballot and five nominees for the pioneer ballot uh, from two different committees. 
And the process of putting these names together, who's the responsibility or who's in charge of helping to get these names together that will become the nominees for this year's class? Anybody that wants these specific names, they can go to our website, nascarhall.com, and look uh, look under the NASCAR Hall of Fame inductee section, and it highlights who are on these committees. But the nominating committee for the Modern Air Balance made up of 24 people, predominantly of track operators, current tracks, as well as some of the smaller historic tracks like Bowman Gray Stadium, South Boston Speedway, just to name a couple. And then you also have people from NASCAR, a couple of us from the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and people from the race tracks uh, like the Speedway Motorsports and, and folks like that. So we discussed, uh, did that back in February. Nobody carries over. If you were nominated last year, doesn't matter, then you automatically carry over. So we discussed the previous nominees, but everybody else is eligible. And then we fill out a blank ballot, put in 10 days, that's given to the accounting firm. So that's who's on the nominating committee for the modern era. For the honors committee that nominates for the pioneer ballot, that's made up largely of living NASCAR Hall of Fame inductees, living Squire Hall Media Award winners, and the landmark award winners from who make significant contributions to NASCAR, and you know a handful of NASCAR people and a couple of us from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. That's 43 people, many of whom competed with and against those pioneers to make sure we had that perspective. So that group met about two weeks ago, both in person and virtually. Get five lines, blank ballot. You write down your top five. That's given to the accounting firm, and so that's where the names came from. Speaking with the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Winston Kelly, here on Southern Race Week Radio. Now, Mr. Kelly, unlike other Hall of Fames, you let the fans participate and help out in electing the newest members from the ballot for the class of 2023. So for our listeners who are not familiar with that process, how are the fans involved in the selection of the members of the Hall of Fame? What they can do is go to nascar.com or nascarhall.com. And I did that yesterday. And you can go in and click on who the two from the modern air ballot and the one from the pioneer ballot. You can do that on a daily basis. You can't just repeat it. Uh, over and over multiple times during the day, but you can cast that ballot more than one time and the top two vote getters from the modern era ballot, that counts as one vote just like anybody sitting in the voting room. Uh, So the, the meeting will take place to make the final decision of who goes in on May the 4th and there is a voting panel made up of a combination of the nominating committee the honors committee, and additional people in the industry like retired crew chiefs or car owners, uh, as well as media people. So there's 62 on that list. And the fan vote counts as one vote, just like I'm on the voting panel. Whoever I vote for, that's one vote. The fan vote counts as one vote. So it's not just for show and, and to let their fans participate, but their vote actually counts. So nascarhall.com or nascar.com, just click on the link, pick the two from the modern air ballot you're interested in and the one from the pioneer ballot. Now, Mr. Kelly, it's hard to believe it has almost been over a decade since the Hall of Fame opened up to the fans and you guys started 
doing the induction ceremonies and, and nominating people and inducting people into the Hall of Fame. And over those years, it's, it's never the same. I've been there multiple times, and every time I go there, it seems like I'm walking into a different Hall of Fame because you have so many different exhibits, so many interactive things for fans to do while they're at the Hall of Fame, and you're always changing out exhibits and doing cool things like that. So for fans who might be wanting to come to the Hall of Fame here over the next uh, few months, especially when NASCAR returns for the Coca-Cola 600 Memorial Day weekend, uh, what kind of exhibits and things are, are going on currently right now at the Hall of Fame that maybe fans will, will come and, and check out and see firsthand? Well, our, our Glory Road exhibit that we opened up a couple of years ago that Dale Earnhardt Jr. worked with us, that, of course, will be there. We just updated the Hall of Honor to put in the class of 2021 since the pandemic caused us to postpone. Uh, that induction for Red Farmer, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Mike Stefanik. We did our National Series Champions case that we just put in uh, that represents Daniel Hemrick, uh, uh, also Kyle Larson and Ben Rhodes from those series. Our memorable moments that highlights the previous years. We've got Bubba Wallace's car that won at Talladega. Uh, last October. That'll be with us through the end of August. And then we just recently, just today, actually opened an exhibit highlighting the 75 years of Martinsville Speedway. They're celebrating throughout 2022 the 75th anniversary of that Speedway. And we were invited uh, and delighted to be a part of helping honor them. And there's four huge cases that highlight Everything from the deed to, that Clay Earls purchased the land from back in 1948 to the first grandfather clock that was given out to Fred Lorenzen back in 1964 that Ken Reagan owned. Jeff Gordon and, and Rusty Wallace's final win helmets are in there. And so much more that talks about the history of Martinsville Speedway that was just unopened today and will be open through the end of the year. So a lot of new things. Uh, for 2022 that have been recently opened and unveiled. And I'm telling you, fans, if you're going to be heading to Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Coke 600 or later on the year during the Roval Race at Charlotte, I'm telling you, make your plans to head out there to the NASCAR Hall of Fame and enjoy it. There's so much great history and so much great interactive things to do and so many great things to check out and, and look at and explore the history of this great sport we call NASCAR. Now, Mr. Kelly, if our listeners want to maybe get some more information about the exhibits that are up at the Hall of Fame right now and also how to uh, vote for the ballot for the upcoming Hall of Fame. Where do we direct them to go to and check out and get all that information? Everything we talked about is on NASCARHall.com. Now, it's a whole lot better to come see it in person, but to see what types of exhibits are there, NASCARHall.com. How to vote for the class of 2023, NASCARHall.com. Purchase tickets, NASCARHall.com. Or you can call the, uh, the box office, but NASCARHall.com has all the information to explain what's in the Hall of Fame and how to become a part of it. And also, if you check out the Southern Race Week Facebook page and check on the video tab there, I've got so many great videos of my visits uh, to the NASCAR Hall of Fame while I've been in Charlotte. So if you want to kind of a little bit of sneak peek, but like I said, it seems to change every so often. So what you're going to see in those videos are going to probably be different when you visit the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, hopefully sometime soon, especially during the Coke 600 weekend and the Roll weekend. 
at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Mr. Kelly, as always, we appreciate your time, sir. Take care of everything that's going on, sir, and hopefully we'll speak to you down the road and, and keep up with what's going on with the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Always a pleasure to be on. Appreciate your support. Y'all have a good afternoon. Hey, everyone. This is Anthony Alfredo, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we're very blessed and honored to have our next guest joining us here via the Food Depot Zoom line as he made his debut in the NASCAR Xfinity Series for the first time last week. And uh, at Martinsville Speedway, and we're very honored and, and privileged to welcome in the driver for Alpha Prime Racing, as well as Rev Racing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Raja Caruth. Mr. Caruth, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week here on Sunday Race Week Radio. You've been a great friend of the show, and we really appreciate it when you take the time to uh, join us, sir. How are things going with you today? Hey, Alfred. Things are going great, man. How are you? Doing good, sir, and uh, congratulations. We've been talking to you for a couple of years now, I believe, and when we first started talking to you, you had just won your, I believe, your first late model race or, or something like that, and now you've advanced yourself. Now you debuted in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, so let's talk about that weekend, man. I saw your Facebook page, your Twitter. You had so many great pictures. Bubba Wallace was there supporting you, and, and I know he's been a great mentor to you over the years as, you, as you've developed through the the ranks and everything. So tell me about the experience. Tell me about the day. Well, Alfred, honestly, the being in the race car was the least stressful part of it all. I want to be completely honest, man. That whole weekend was was crazy. It was immense a lot to have a lot of family and friends there. Um, again, like you mentioned, to have Bubba be there for my first one. He's been a big help in my career and a big advocate for me. So to have his support and have him be there present and plugged in and steering me right on the next day, that, that meant a lot. And overall, like, obviously, I would want to finish better than 24th, but it ain't too bad. I didn't tear up nothing. So I got some notes to go to the next race, and I'm ready to improve upon my result from last race. Now, growing up in D.C., I'm sure you've been to a lot of races at, at Richmond, and, and, and that was your home track. So how even more important was you for you had to debut not only in the Xfinity Series, but do it at a track that's probably very special for you going to races there for years and years growing up. Yeah, man, that it, it was crazy because on race day morning, I remember driving around the racetrack and I was just with my dad and I was thinking, and we were talking about it, like we've been here for how many years and like, albeit it's only a first start and it's not really that big of a deal, but it's crazy that how things come full circle. So that meant a lot personally, like you said, like a place I've been attending races for at since I was 12 and, and 14 years old and so to to go there and take that in as a driver and go through driver intros and appearances and get to have on a fire suit at the racetrack that's a very underrated feeling so overall it was awesome and thankful for that opportunity and hopefully I'm going to make it the best of, of the next ones that I get. And you're talking about your dad and your parents have probably just been huge supporters of you throughout your career. And I'm sure you're excited for your first start in the Xfinity Series. But what about your parents and your family? What was it like for them to go through this experience with you from the beginning and now to where you are presently? I mean, it means a lot to have that constant and un unwavering support. And I'm really appreciative of it. They've sacrificed a lot in their life to help my career and help my passion. And so I'm very appreciative of mom, dad, and Leah. 
Speaking with Xfinity Series driver Raja Karuth here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio as we're discussing his first start in the Xfinity Series. I was reading your Twitter and your Facebook feed, and you said something very interesting. You said, you know, you're one of the few drivers who's gone from iRacing to now being in the Xfinity Series. I know you did a lot of iRacing to get started, kind of get familiarized yourself with things. So tell me about your path because, uh, you know, you've probably taken a much more unique path than maybe other drivers have. Tell me about your path to get here from – beginning in iRacing and how that helped you to feel comfortable and maybe give you that experience getting into now when you get into an actual car compared to when you're just behind a couple of computer screens. Well, I would say, well, I guess on my, my progression, for those that don't know, I started racing online on iRacing in 2018 and tried out for the NASCAR Driver Diversity Driver Development Program and was in their youth group for the first year and I have been in the program as a whole for the past four years, and I've been really thankful to have the chance to develop as a driver in the program. And I've really been driving 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, five years total, four in real life. So I'd say the adjustment from sim racing to real life has been pretty hard. But honestly, the more I race in real life, the more easier or the more things I can take from iRacing and add it to real life, if that makes sense. Like I get the real life stuff more now, draw parallels like between the two. So that way I can really use iRacing a lot more constructively now. The more laps I get in real life, the more it just makes sense. And your career has just skyrocketed, man. I mean, it's crazy to me to see how the progress you've made over the last few years, dude. It's like amazing to see how you've grown not only as a person, but as a driver as well. Does it just blow your mind to now look at yourself and go, wow, I mean, it's only been a few years and the future is still bright for you. You still got a big future ahead of yourself. You're all over NASCAR.com. You're on doing all these great things, winning so many awards. Sometimes you sit back and go, wow, I I can't believe this is happening to me. I think yes. Like I, I try to be very reflective, but at the same time, things for whatever reason just don't sink in with me. Like everything that thing that's happened in the last two or three years has been honestly like surreal so I I really try to work on taking time to reflect and and express and feel gratitude and which I do feel but at the same time man like it just don't sink in like it's just really crazy to me everything that's happened so far now this was your first race in the Xfinity series but of course you'll have a few more races on your schedule with Alpha Prime Racing and then you're also doing the uh, racing with Rev Racing in the Arca series as well so when will be your next Xfinity start my next Xfinity start will be April 30th at Dover. And how are you looking to race there? Like, you've already raced at Dover a few times before, so do you feel a little more confident going in there knowing that you've had some laps at Dover? And, and um, what are your expectations? I mean, obviously you probably want to maybe have a better finish, but what kind of uh, discussion you have going into that race with the rest of your teammates? Yeah, without a doubt, like, going to Dover, like, that is a racetrack I'm comfortable at, especially running last year's East Race at. And Kurt Busch told me, like, you'd rather go to a place where you're trying to either learn the race car or learn the racetrack. And times where you've got to learn both, it's kind of makes it very difficult. And so Richmond was kind of a little bit of both. But Dover, I already have laps there, and I'll be in the Arkham car that weekend. So I'll know the racetrack pretty well, and I already know it decently well. So that way, I'm just kind of learning the Xfinity car more and more. So feel good going into that race. Now, Raj, if our listeners want to follow your progress, continue uh, supporting you and following you along through your career here, uh, where can they go to keep up with you on social media or anywhere they can go to keep up with you? Yeah, so my uh, my website is www.rajacruth.com. I've got uh, our social media up there, our press stuff, working on merch for this year, trying to navigate designs and licensing and all that important business stuff. And like galleries, so, and a little bit about me and my family, so. 
www.rajacaruth.com. Well, I'm looking forward to being the first one to get my Raja Karuth shirt, sir. So make sure you have plenty of big-sized shirts for us big guys, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, Alfred. Hey, this is Mike Bagley of Motor Racing Network and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. You, my friends, are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we're not that far away from dirt racing at the Bristol Motor Speedway. Very, very excited for this. Always looking forward to it. It's the weekend of April 15th through the 17th with Bush Best Practice Day. That will be on April 15th on Friday. The Camping World Truck Series race on April 16th. And then we wrap up the weekend with the Food City Dirt Race under the lights at Bristol Motor Speedway. That will be Sunday, April 17th. And to break down all the details and what to look forward to, if you're heading out to uh, Bristol, Tennessee for the race weekend, we welcome you here via the Food Depot Zoom line from his lovely, lovely offices. And we are um, talking with the Vice President of Marketing for uh, Bristol Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Drew Bedard! Alfred, that's the, that is the best intro I've ever gotten in my life. Thank you, sir. Well, Mr. Bedard, as we like to say here, when we have a big deal guest on, we want to give him a nice big deal introduction. And you guys are extremely busy there at Bristol Motor Speedway getting set to welcome in NASCAR Nation beginning on a Friday, April 15th through Sunday, April 17th. And this is a new thing you all did. You started it last year with the, the Bristol Dirt Race, which I think is absolutely awesome. Uh, it's been great how you guys uh, have done things here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Obviously, we've had the the new AMS with the improved banking and the reconfiguration of the track. And you guys did dirt racing last year for the first time. This will be the second year you're doing it. But one of the cool features of this year's event, is going to be under the lights Sunday night. So tell us about everything that's going on at Bristol and what you guys got uh, up your sleeves for a NASCAR nation when they arrived to Bristol. Yeah. It, thank you so much. And yeah, you did a great job uh, recapping the weekend of what we have coming up. But look, first off, dirt racing is better at night. It's better conditions. The track surface is better. And Bristol's better at night. I mean, people have known for years that the Bristol night race is one of those tent pole events. Of course, we're in the playoffs in September now. But this upcoming weekend, next weekend, April 15th through the 17th, we have a jam-packed weekend full of activities for fans. So you talked about it, Bush's Beans Practice Day, which will be on Friday afternoon, four hours of practice and people can get in. Kids get in free on Friday and Saturday. We'll have all sorts of Easter activities. I'll get in more into that in just a second. Saturday, again, we'll have qualifying. So Bush's Beans qualifying, heat qualifying, which dirt racing fans and all racing fans love. So that will be Saturday afternoon before the Pinty's Truck Race on Dirt. We've got big names that are going to be racing in the truck race. Joey Logano, of course, Matt Benedetto is in the truck series now. Haley Deegan, I think Harrison Burton just announced that he's going to be racing back in the trucks. Um, they keep popping up left and right. So that's Saturday night. It's a great ticket. It's a great experience for, for kids. So come on out to the Pinty's Truck Race on Dirt on Saturday night. And then, of course, April 17th, which is Easter. You know, Jerry Caldwell, our president and general manager, has talked about it a little bit. But you know, at first, him and Marcus, our CEO, Marcus Smith, you know, they were a little hesitant on this Easter idea because uh, of it being such a significant Christian holiday. But then they thought, man, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to showcase the sport, for us to showcase Bristol, and to showcase and, and, and share the word. So that afternoon, um, so we're going to have it where folks can go to their traditional Easter celebrations on Sunday morning. 
And then four o'clock in the afternoon, we are gonna have an Easter celebration that's free to all between the Speedway and Dragway that features Grammy Award winner, Dove Award winner, Chris Tomlin, author and speaker, Max Licato, and then Rascal Flatts, lead singer. And now he's gonna be going out on his own with uh, Christian music is Gary LaVox. He's gonna be there. He's singing the national anthem that night. We've got our fan zones are packed. Our Food City fan zone stage is gonna have Q and A's and driver appearances all throughout the weekend. We're gonna be playing games down there. We've got crazy activities for families and just fun stuff from like motorcycle shows and pogo shows and axe throwing to a kid zone where the axe throwing and the kid zone are not next to each other, by the way. But with Easter egg hunts, we actually launched a digital Easter egg hunt yesterday that people can take part in starting now. So we've got that on bristolmotorspeedway.com. That's where people can get their tickets. Go to the Food City Dirt Race event on bristolmotorspeedway.com. You can check out all of the fan information. The, we have a fan schedule on there that is jam-packed full of stuff. So as always, we want to give as much value as we can here at Speedway Motorsports, and we are ready to party here at Bristol. Oh, also a Tim Duggar concert Friday night on the Food City Fan Zone stage. So we've got concerts, we've got fun, we've got prizes, and we've got great night dirt racing which is what people should really focus on. Speaking with the Vice President of Marketing and Drew Bedard here from uh, Bristol Motor Speedways, we're continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio on the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And Drew, we know Bristol Motor Speedway is just a great short track, a lot of bumping, a lot of binging, a lot of banging. You throw that dirt on there, it's a whole different atmosphere, a whole different style of racing. And as you mentioned, this is a prize jewel event on the calendar. As you mentioned, so many of these drivers who are crossing over from the Cup Series doing trucks, but this has become now, even though it's its second year, the dirt track race, it's become one of the crown jewel events of the schedule. And for fans who are coming out to Bristol Motor Speedway, who may never have been to Bristol before, and maybe this is their first time out, what can they expect as far as not only around the track, but you have a lot of other kind of cool stuff that are around the city as well that People might, I think Michael Waltrip has a brewery that has opened up there yes. recently as well. So there's a yep. lot of things you can do, not only at the track, but you can go out and explore the area and see a lot of the what the town has in store for you. Because another kind of interesting tidbit is that Bristol is like right on the borderline between Tennessee and Virginia. So it's kind Correct. of cool to be able to experience all that. So not only is there going to be cool stuff at the track to do, but you can do a lot of sightseeing as, as far as around the area as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, the Tri-Cities region here in Northeast Tennessee is a great place to visit. Bristol, Kingsport, and Johnson City, this whole area welcomes people extremely well. It's a warm place to, to visit. Downtown Bristol, like you talked about, State Street is split right down the middle between Virginia and Tennessee. There's always parties down there, just a great time. Downtown Johnson City and Kingsport are great. Tons of, like you talked about, Michael Waltrip Brewing in downtown Bristol. Tons of breweries, actually, all around the area. It's just a fun place to visit. We've got our first campers that will be arriving. They've been lining up, but that'll be arriving on Monday. And that's what people stay here for a long time. They make a nice vacation out of it because it's a really great place with the mountains nearby. There's fishing, there's hiking, just a great place to visit. So yeah, we're looking forward. Not only will you have a blast here on property, but the Tri-Cities and East Tennessee is a beautiful place to visit. Well, Drew, I know tickets are still available. I know campground sites are probably still available, but they're going to go fast for such an event as prestigious as this event. So if our Atlanta audience and our Southeast audience who listen to the program and the podcast want to get a hold of those tickets before they are all gone, uh, where can they go to get the information and also to purchase their tickets? Yeah, absolutely. So the easy URL, uh, it's either bristolticks.com or it's bristolbaby.com. But if you go to bristolmotorspeedway.com, obviously that's the home site. 
that's got everything on it as far as all the information that you need. That's where you can pick up tickets or camping. Yes, everything's still available. Um, going fast, but yes, we still have some tickets available. And we would love the Georgia and Atlanta audience. We, we have a great contingent of fans that come from down there. And we would love even more to come up on Easter Sunday. And now knowing that you could make, you could go to your Easter Sunday church and then you could get in the car at noon and get here. We've got a seven o'clock race and we've got a four o'clock Easter celebration. So you could get here in time, park the car, get inside and come enjoy the racing. So BristolMotorSpeedway.com, all the ticket information, everything you need to know about camping, parking, the fan zone, the schedule, everything is right on there. Well, once again, Drew, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. This is Drew Bedard, the Vice President of Marketing at Bristol. Good luck to you next week as you welcome NASCAR Nation in town. Um, hopefully, we'll talk to you again down the road as we get closer to that race date for the playoffs, as you guys will be part of the playoffs this year. God bless you guys, and good luck, and we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you, Alfred. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody. This is Ben Rose, the 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. Work. It's Alfie wrapping up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And if you want to go back and listen to this week's episode or any of our previous week's episodes of Southern Race Week, you can do so as our podcast is available for you at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So if you'd like to listen to this episode, it'll be up for you on Monday at one of those uh, podcasting platforms. So while you're there, we would really appreciate it if you subscribed, left a comment, even rated the podcast. We really appreciate all our loyal radio and podcast listeners. And hopefully our fearless leader, William Barber, will be back here in the cabin's chair next week. As we mentioned at the top of the show, he is uh, dealing with some laryngitis issues, so he's not able to talk. So uh, hopefully he'll feel better and he'll be back on the program next week. Don't forget our social media platform is always available for you to check out Facebook and also Twitter. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And also we have an email address. So if you ever, ever want to reach out to us, maybe you have a question, maybe you're an up-and-coming driver who would like to get a little bit of exposure here on Southern Race Week Radio, always reach out to us at, at srwradio at yahoo.com. That's srwradio at yahoo.com. So hopefully you can go by there. We love reading your emails. Really appreciate you taking the time to uh, reach out to us and let us know what you think about the program. So. Thank you so much to all you loyal listeners. And also, thank you very much to our great guest this week, the Executive Director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Winston Kelly, Raja Karuth, Xfinity Series driver, and also races in the ARCA Series as well. And then also like to thank Drew Bedard, the Vice President of Marketing over at Bristol Motor Speedway. And also thanks to you for listening to the program this week. Of course, we'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Southern Race Week Radio. So enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll catch back up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. 